Section 21 of The Baha'i Revelation by Thornton Chase. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. The Baha'i Revelation by Thornton Chase. Section 21. What shall I do to be saved? It may be asked, how can man attain the spirit of faith and the endowment of the Holy Spirit? This is the most vital question that man can propound. The great majority of the Christian churches have taught that salvation is by faith, which is most certainly true, and also that faith is an intellectual assent to the statement expressed in two lines of a hymn jesus paid it all all the debt i owe this statement is true in one sense but cowardly degrading and ineffective for him who simply accords mental belief to the dogma and assents gladly in his heart to casting the burden of his sin and wickedness upon the suffering and crucified christ jesus paid it all indeed for him who believed on him and took up his cross and followed him who proved the sincerity and actuality of his belief by his deeds of obedience he said whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple luke fourteen twenty seven matthew ten thirty eight so likewise whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath he cannot be my disciple luke fourteen thirty three as the body without the spirit is dead so faith without works is dead also james two twenty eight it is evident to any reader of the gospels that the central vital element of man's salvation was declared to be faith faith in the Christ, proved by works of righteousness, and that mere intellectual assent was not an effective faith. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. James 2.19 It appears that faith must be of such a character that it changes a man, severs him from attachment from everything of the world causes him to bear the burden of the cross the sacrifice of his will his desires his life if need be and so to devote his entire being to the will of god as expressed in his commands this kind of faith has its first impulse in the will of man it often arises from suffering and the sense of need and it always increases that consciousness faith is not an intellectual yielding to argument through being convinced that certain statements are correct but it is rather from a hunger of the soul a knowledge of personal helplessness and the perception of a possible mighty helpfulness faith cannot rely on any man but in God only. The required help must come from a higher power than man. 
the soul is craving that which does not pertain to humanity itself the latent spark of divine longing is awaking to seek its promise and it turns heavenward for the dawn of hope it is looking for its father god therefore it is necessary that man shall have some knowledge of god and for this he must turn toward the face of god hear o lord when i cry with my voice have mercy also upon me and answer me when thou saidst seek ye my face my heart said unto thee thy face lord will i seek psalm 27 8 his face is the revelation of himself in the realm of existence where man dwells all the existence declares god and teaches of him but the heart knowledge the living knowledge comes through his incarnate word the human manifestation of his will therefore man must seek and find the manifestation of god believe in him accept his word obey his commands and follow him in the pathway of sacrifice the manifestation of god may be always known because he provides the kind of help which the seeking soul requires heart help spirit help creating help man is a praying creature when he finds himself in need as he does from the moment of his birth he strives by all means at his command to pray for help all through his life he seeks aid from others he is always in need always begging for assistance when he is awakened through any means to the hunger and helplessness of his soul he hesitates not to pray to god and whatever may be thought of the action and working of prayer it causes man to turn toward god and make it possible for god to answer him prayer changes his attitude from selfward to godward if he prays for things that pertain to his worldly affairs his spirit is not turned toward god but toward himself his prayer must be in the name of god that is in accord with the divine word jesus told his disciples to ask in his name and said that whatever they asked in his name they received name is a term used to express qualities and the name of the manifestation of god signifies divine attributes therefore to ask in his name means according to his nature and instructions which are the nature and instructions of god no prayer is prayer to god unless it be in god's way according to his word and with a sincere desire for his will to be done regardless of the personal will prayer in its essence is the abandonment of the personal will in favor of the will of god and such prayer god answers because it is in agreement with his law and can be answered god asks man to pray to him he has given freely everything for the necessities of human life he has filled the lands and waters with foods and taught man how to cultivate and use them he has given the forests and all materials for shelter the cotton and the wool 
and enabled man to mold them for his comfort. He has given the reasoning faculties that man may progress in material welfare and exercise the ethical and moral knowledges offered to him. He has given conceptions of beauty that man may seek for more than the physical dimensions of existence, and he has implanted the perception of higher possibilities and a desire for eternal destinies that man may turn his face toward the infinite. All of these have been without the asking, but for the greater spiritual things God tells man to pray that in so doing he may recognize his need, prove the reality of his desire, and put himself into the only attitude in which he can receive. One must face forward and hold out his hand if he would have the gift. He must meet the donor part way, otherwise there is no real gift. He who is in need will pray. He who hesitates to supplicate God for his most valuable treasures is standing in the station of pride or has not awakened to their worth and his own need. Every man has what he desires the most if it can be obtained. The spirit of faith is attainable, but it is so infinitely higher and more valuable than all else in existence that all other things must loosen their hold on his heart before it can reign. God demands obedience. It is not for man to question God's commands. A little thought shows that all the ordinances of God expressed by his manifestation are for the uplifting and good of man. How then can he question the methods revealed from the same source? The scriptures throughout lay stress upon obedience as of the utmost importance in the sight of God. And he who would attain the higher blessings should welcome the opportunities to obey. Everything in existence is under law, and all things obey freely except man who has been granted ability to disobey even God and to obey himself. Man is always a servant. He obeys something. How much better for him to serve the wise one, the true one, the beautiful one, instead of his own ignorance and greed. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. Romans 6.16 The whole sin and consequent degradation of the Jewish people was their disobedience to God. He called them again and again to be his people. Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and ye shall be my people, and walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. Jeremiah 7.23 Obey, I beseech thee, the voice of the Lord, which I speak unto thee. So shall it be well unto thee, and thy soul shall live. Jeremiah 38.20 The path of faith, which is the way of life, 
is to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10.5 This is obedience to the manifestation of God in whatever age he may appear. The voice of God speaking through Baha'u'llah says, O son of existence, keep my commands for love of me and deny thyself thine own desires if thou wishest my pleasure. O son of man, neglect not my laws if thou lovest my beauty and forget not my counsels if thou art hopeful to attain my will. Faith is entire confidence. Few recognize the value of confidence and the power of the will to induce it. When we retire from thoughts of earthly affairs to consider the word of God, we find that naught is there but the things of value, the best ways such as wisdom, knowledge, justice, mercy, generosity, beauty, power, and love whereas the opposites pertain to the natural man. Then it is easy for the sincere heart to turn itself toward the source of these things of worth and to trust the giver of them. A little true exercise of the will and purpose will soon establish the spirit in that direction, and then the Spirit of God meets it and confirms it in a certainty that is beyond all that the highest philosophy or human effort can accomplish. O fleeting shadow, pass by the low degrees of fancy and soar to the exalted heights of certainty. O my brother, hear my beautiful words from my sweet tongue and drink the water of life from the fountain of my lips. That is, sow the seeds of my innate wisdom in the pure ground of the heart and water it with conviction that the hyacinth of my knowledge and wisdom shall spring up verdantly in the holy city of the heart baha'u'llah the whole question of salvation is one of the will of man god wills it for man if he will but god has endowed him with a will of his own to choose what he will, and he never interferes with the free use of that gift. He has made man after his own image, giving him a consciousness of individuality, of independence, the power of judgment between good and evil, a perception of values, and a will to make decisions. All these are God qualities, not dust qualities. As long as man considers these powers to be his own, to spring from himself, and uses them only for his own worldly aggrandizement, he may advance in his plane of human life, but can never rise above that plane to a higher and nobler condition. When he is led to search the scriptures, and learns that there are better things, that God is the giver of all that he has and is, that it is possible for him to come into closer communion with him and knowledge of him through his manifestation and his word, then the wise man, the true-hearted one, turns to God and seeks to know his will. 
he learns that all these powers were given him to enable him to grow to prepare himself under the guidance of the spirit for a higher service in god's universe this is told in the parable likening the kingdom of heaven to the use of the talents matthew twenty five fourteen to thirty these endowments of man are his talents given him for use he who uses them in such a manner as to gain others that is uses them according to the divine instructions is not only called the good and faithful servant but is also told thou hast been faithful over a few things i will make thee ruler over many while he who had buried his talent in the ground of himself and his desires lost the talent he had and was cast as an unprofitable servant into outer darkness this life is a primary school in which to prepare for greater service and knowledge and larger responsibilities in the future god offers to man the wonderful station of sonship to him which means that man must become like him one john three two be of divine character reliable able to render nobler service and to be entrusted with the affairs of his father's house little does man conceive the meaning of those many things over which god desires him to rule but he must first rule himself and he is unable to do even this without the aid of the spirit of god although all power all strength all ability is the pure gift of god through his holy spirit yet his law is that man shall grow into a power of capacity for these gifts by the right use of that which he already has he will not remove man's apparent independence his apparent individuality his freedom of will he will not unman him and make him an automaton therefore it becomes necessary for man to use his own faculties under the guidance of god's word and in unison with his spirit in order that he may receive the glorious endowments of his father naught can be accomplished until the will of god be supreme in the will of the man until he can say with his whole being there is no god but god i will have no other gods before him praise be unto his holy name a man's spirit may be called the aspect of his will when he turns it toward listening he hears toward looking he sees toward thinking he perceives all of these are limited within the sensual human plane but when he directs his spirit toward the word of god he receives instruction of a higher object of devotion who is wisdom itself knowledge itself love itself and then in response to the invitation of the word he turns his spirit toward that one and sends forth the wireless supplications from his heart to the heart of the universe as he does this in all sincerity there comes to him an assurance a confidence in a new connection a new help 
a new power, a presence and strength which are reliable, impregnable and life-giving. His seeking spirit has been met by a mightier spirit, as was the prodigal son by the father. His spirit has been quickened and impregnated by a holier spirit, a new conception, a new birth has taken place within him. His spirit has become the spirit of faith and is made alive with the spirit of holiness shining forth from the presence of the divine unity on the luminous, light-seeking human essence of himself. Then his spirit, being at one with the Holy Spirit of God, is vitalized with the attributes of their source, God who everlastingly was, and is, and shall be. The human spirit has an impression and effect in the world, but the divine spirit gives life to the souls and confers eternal life upon those who are attracted to the fragrances of God. This is the great cause from the kingdom of thy Lord. Be attracted to this new spirit which hath effective power in the realities of things and creates new creatures. Forsake every thought, every remembrance and every praise while holding to the word of God. Confine thy interests, thy works and efforts to the cause of God. Thus the spirit of power and might will confirm thee, and the manifest light will shine upon thy brow. Thank God that he enriched thee beyond the delicacies of this mortal world, and caused thee to taste the sweetness of his love in his new kingdom. Abdu'l-Bahá End of section 21 Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater Recorded in London, England.